0: The great creeds of Christendom were literally dictated by evil spirits to councils convened at their call. Woo! Oh, buddy. Okay. Snap. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast, everybody. This is the podcast where two sisters talk about all things Mormon and pop culture. And demons. And sometimes (laughs) ghosts um today is a special episode for a number of reasons number one we have a wonderful guest our good friend amanda is here with us Um, number two uh we're breaking from our typical format a little in honor of my favorite season of the year spooky season amen and we're gonna focus today on mormons and the paranormal the occult psychics ghosts evil spirits all that good jazz yeah
1: psychics evil spirits patriarchal blessings
0: yes (laughs) we're putting it all in the same category it turns out
1: (laughs) i think it's fitting
0: amanda do you want to like intro yourself a little bit oh
2: gosh sure so hi i'm amanda um i currently work at a farm animal sanctuary i live in wisconsin and i am former mormon ex-mormon whatever you want to call it but Mm -hmm. i was raised mormon
0: and am no longer participating hooray hallelujah well welcome welcome we're so glad to have you here (laughs) amanda is the perfect person for this episode because uh, i don't even know where to begin with why you're the perfect person (laughs) i mean you're the perfect person for this episode because we kind of left the church together yeah Um, Our timelines just really matched up. We were like best friends living in the same city, going through faith crises, supporting each other through them, like going to the same ward when we did go yeah, and just feeling really similar frustrations and disconnections. Mm -hmm. And then just sort of like giving ourselves permission really around the same time to just let it go. So that's a really like in amazing way that we sync up yeah but another thing more specific to this episode is that amanda and i have shared some powerful paranormal experiences together Mm -hmm. and uh let's just set the scene amanda okay let's set the scene for the premise of this episode which is like kind of the patriarchal blessing to psychic pipeline (laughs) What
2: hotline were you gonna say? (laughs) I think you can even take it a step further back and say this, as all good stories do, begins with the real housewives franchise.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes, there is a pop culture connection. There is. There always is with Elisa. (laughs) Yes, there always is. So we were we're both fans of the Real Housewives. And we both noted how often the Real Housewives go to see psychics together it's like this bonding experience that across housewives franchises they have every couple of seasons and it's always fascinating there are always bombshells being dropped and we were just like that's so interesting that's not something we've ever experienced we would have never considered it because within mormonism that is super taboo you would never do that
2: you're inviting the devil into your home body whatever 100%.
0: bad exactly so we were like what's like the mormon equivalent of this mm-hmm. and we decided it was patriarchal blessings mm-hmm. that was our like that was the church approved psychic reading experience
1: yeah
0: um so let's give a little bit of background i guess about what a patriarchal blessing is like 30 second version it
1: do you, may i yeah please please old man in your area, uh, welcomes you into his home, sits you down. His wife, imagine his wife on a little typewriter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells you your future. Um, and it's not as exciting as you might think. It's usually just you're gonna be a great member of the church, mm-hmm. etc. Yes, or else. Yeah, or else. Yeah. And um, his wife types away and um at the end uh they say Ching! here's your uh, <laughs> patriarchal blessing except i think you probably get it in the mail <laughs> and uh, you live with that the rest of your life thinking okay so here's a list of things that i'm going to do or i'm supposed to do in my life and it burdens you until you die
0: wow perfect no notes yes yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> and we can get a little more into patriarchal blessings and like our personal experiences with them, but that is like a perfect summary of what that experience is. Yes. So that's what we had. We had these patriarchal blessings. Yeah, Amanda set the scene of that day. Well, we
2: had decided to get together. We brought our patriarchal blessings with us, the hard copies, and we were driving together in your car and we were on the way to my house and I just remember that we were just a few blocks away from my house and you were turning a corner and as we turned the corner in the middle of the afternoon on a bright sunny day there was a very large owl sitting in the middle of the street
0: Mm -hmm.
2: which was surprising and so of course you slowed down so we wouldn't hit it
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and then Rather than scurry away or just fly off, it took off and flew toward the car over the windshield Mm -hmm. and behind us.
0: Looking us dead in the eyes the whole time.
2: Full wingspan out. Mm -hmm. It was a moment. And there weren't other cars around. We were able to just like stop and go,
0: what the hell just happened?
2: (laughs) Was it felt I thought it was? very
0: significant. It was it just really like did. such an unusual moment, and we were yeah. both like, "Whoa, what was that?" Yeah, but we didn't like fully know what to do with it. Right. <clears throat> and then I remember we got to your house. We were still sitting in my car, and we pulled out our patriarchal blessings, and we were like, "We're gonna read them to each other," mm-hmm. which we didn't mention this, but that's not allowed. No. no. You're only supposed to share them with immediate family and even then like sparingly like I've never read my parents' patriarchal blessings. Mm -hmm, Me neither. Like it's not a com. you're not supposed to share them. Yeah. And this was like a part of our sort of reclaiming our futures, right? Yeah. That we were going to read them to each other. So we did and it was in a word disappointing wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> um they were just so generic so similar in ways that were just revealing of how it's it seems like it's a form document they have like their key things they're going to hit on and similar language they're going to use mm-hmm. yeah and really it's incredibly sexist and patriarchal mm. like so much of mine was like get educated to be a wife and mother but don't get ahead of yourself thinking that your education has value beyond that you know mm-hmm. so much of that yeah and really all of it is like here are the steps in the church you need to follow you need to be a good missionary, be a good wife, be a good mother, and die. And we were both just kind of like, wow, there's really... That used to seem so personalized, and now it feels so generic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Reading yours, Elisa, just seemed like an instruction manual on how to be a good Mormon woman. 100%. It It was completely impersonal.
0: Yeah. There's nothing in it about me,
2: really. However... Receiving this blessing as I did when I was a teenager, and convinced at the time that I was that this was an inspired thing and that I would be referencing this throughout my life. I pulled that out every time I had a big decision to make, Mm -hmm. honestly, during minor decisions too. Mm -hmm. But I remember parts of my patriarchal blessing that felt personal. One of them talks about me before I was born, like Mm -hmm. when you were in heaven. With our Heavenly Father, here are some traits, some personality traits that you had even then. And one of them was something like you um, stand up for others' freedoms.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
2: like, oh, okay. So I used to think about that all the time when I thought about what I want to do with my life. For a while, I was like, maybe I should be like a political speechwriter. Maybe I should be a lawyer and like mm. actually defend people's freedoms or something, you know? And in retrospect, it's just like, I, I think it's bull. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really believe that that's
0: true, right? Sure. <laughs>
2: and,
0: and it's so, also so general that yes, they could say that to almost anybody.
2: They could, yes. Mm-hmm. And so even parts that seem like, oh, this is personal to me, mm-hmm. they're not really. Like, that mentions, it's sort of like there's there must be like a boilerplate language somewhere, some document or just like a template. They're like, okay, big girl blessings go like this. They start mm-hmm. with before you were born, you were born. This is your lineage. This is what's going to happen with education, with marriage, with kids, you die. Mm-hmm. And if you don't follow this, there's like a threat basically. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. y- you need to follow this roadmap for your life to find true happiness.
0: Mm-hmm. I also had things in mind that I spent a lot of time trying to decipher and trying to decode and trying to use when making decisions. Like, for instance, there was a line about how I would find a vocation that would serve the church, but that would also, like, make money for my family in extreme circumstances when my husband needed <laughs> financial support, but only then. Mm, Otherwise, yeah. I needed to just be, like, a, a wife and mother. hmm And so as a kid, I'm like, what could that vocation be that serves the church? And, and I was like, I guess it's a teacher because that's Mm -hmm. the only kind of calling you can really have in the church as a woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I became a teacher. That's why on some level. Mine actually said about education that I should
2: aspire to the highest level of education to which I can achieve. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I always felt like a failure because I didn't get a PhD. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, I only have a master's like, okay. But I thought that was a failing. Like I thought I had failed and therefore like invalidated this roadmap for my Mm -hmm. life somehow. So either I hadn't gotten it yet and I was going to get it someday or yeah, I just completely invalidated this document that I thought was inspired
0: I also had a section that said prepare for a mission oh. and I was like oh no I'm gonna have to go on a mission but then I was like no it just says to prepare for a mission I was like trying to find all these ways to like not read it that way and I remember calling my mom in tears from the hill because <laughs> I was at the hill Cumora. And thinking about my patriarchal blessing and feeling 18-year-old anxiety about having to go on a mission one day. And saying, is God going to make me go on a mission? And she was just like, no, no, it's not like that. If it's what you need to do, you'll want to do it. But ultimately, I graduated from BYU unmarried. I was 21. And my patriarchal blessing told me, prepare for a mission. And I was like, mm-hmm. "What am I supposed to do? This is what it seems like it's pointing to. I guess that's what I have to do." Yeah. And so Ooh. I did. So these documents, so generic, so bland, had a real impact. Yeah. On our lives for a long time. So returning to that day when we saw the owl, mm-hmm. we read them to each other and were like, "What? <laughs> 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 Why did we give these so much power?" And that's when we decided, we're going to go see a psychic. And the thinking there wasn't, wasn't, we need someone to tell us what to do with our lives. It was just like, why not? Like, people are putting so much value on this, like, random, generic Mm -hmm. document. And, like, we could just, like, go see a woman who is gonna tell us like interesting things and we can take or leave whatever we want Mm -hmm. and it's like a fun bonding thing to do together and it only has the power we give to it and it just felt like again reclaiming something
2: yeah and I think part of it for me was that by that point I had married a man who was not a member of the church never was never will be and my patriarchal blessing made it sound like I was gonna marry someone who was a member of the church, and that actually that was really important that I do that. So I had already decided that this document was not gonna be the roadmap for my life, or I was not gonna give it that power, um, and realized that making a choice that departed from that made me really happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not like the choice, not the act of choosing, but I made a decision to marry a man I love, and we're very happy. And I wouldn't have done that if I'd stuck to this document. So I think we're also in the line of thinking of what else can we do that we're not supposed to do, but that could
0: actually be really fun, silly, Mm -hmm. or
2: make us happy. Yeah.
0: And that was several years ago. And now this psychic who we met that right after that event Mm -hmm who we when we met her we told her about the owl that we'd seen she was like of course you did of course you saw the owl <laughs> like you know that's an omen like of course that happened mm-hmm. and she's just like a quirky delightful human who now all three of us have met yes um and she just is like fun to talk to every now and then and has some interesting insight about life and is really encouraging yeah. And we like enjoy the bonding experience of doing this together. Anyway, this she's woman She's also
2: gotten some things really
0: right. She's also gotten some things right, which we can get into. Yeah. <laughs> um, but mo most recently when we met with her, she said something about how Mormons have strong psychic energy. Mm-hmm and i was Absolutely. like Wait, whoa what say more about that and she was just like well y'all are always looking for signs mm-hmm. we're tuned in yeah and that is our long version of like why we're doing this episode because yeah. mormon's have psychic energy you guys and we want to kind of dig into why and on that note let's pull a card <laughs>
1: no, let's pull a card just really quick just please. really quick please let me pull a card for you guys do it one quick shuffle i swear listeners it's worth it yeah all right put aside your
0: skepticism just go with the flow yeah relax gonna hurt you
1: no (laughs) no demon's gonna come at you in the middle of night oh i feel like this is a good one Mm, interesting the star oh the star a symbol of hope and healing
0: oh nice wow beautiful That's That's really
1: beautiful. That's great for this episode. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I consider it a blessing to all you listeners. You're welcome.
0: (laughs) Um, So let's talk about Mormons and the paranormal. I mean, man,
1: did the Mormons in our life sure buy into it. You know, we grew up with a mom who felt energies, had visions within dreams,
0: would tell us like childhood bedtime stories about it. Yes. Which as a suggestible child led me to then be like, I think I'm feeling evil. Entities. Me too.
1: Yeah. And for me, it became, oh, I'm obsessed with this. This is like my passion in life. <laughs> um, much to my mom's chagrin, because then she would, everything I like to watch on TV was turn it off. And I'd be like, I'm literally watching like the Travel Channel haunted house show. Like, can you relax? <laughs> you know? But she was also psychic
0: oh my goodness yes she has a real gift for like like here's a story I went on a secret co-ed camping trip my senior year of high school didn't tell a soul because my parents wouldn't have liked a co-ed camping trip and I just Mm -hmm. I felt rebellious enough just to you know not mention it (laughs) months later I'm at BYU as a freshman feeling racked with guilt about all of my sins including that co-ed camping trip I confessed to my mom and she was like of course I knew that didn't tell me how she knew there was no like physical evidence she had found she was just like I could see it all over your face wow (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah what? she just knows
1: she just knows she's like there have been times where there have been like moments where i was wondering if i was pregnant and she would guess that i, I something about pregnancy would come up or um when i was a teenager it was like i would be in bad situations and she would call mm-hmm. and i'd be like well huh. i guess that means i gotta get out of here because i trust that my mom's a psychic so right come pick me up
0: And of course, my mom would explain all of this by saying, you know, she has the gift of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost prompts her with these like truths Mm -hmm. and to protect her kids, right? Mm -hmm. But that's the thing about Mormonism and the paranormal. It is baked into the doctrine. It's like the church is founded on this idea that each member of the church has access to the paranormal, the Holy Ghost. A personal revelation, the ability to like see beyond your present moment, mm. intervene for people, predict things, divine things. But you were saying earlier, Amanda, how like the roots of this go like right back to the founders of the church do you want to say more about that so i'm no
2: mormon scholar so i'll try to keep things vague <laughs> um and not like say something that is totally false but basically joseph smith before he started the mormon church he was into something called money digging which was just this idea that someone through a tool or through their own mind could have a thought that, hey, over there, if you dig, you're going to find some treasure. So his dad was into money digging. He had people in his community who were into money digging. He was actually hired to predict where treasure, treasure was hidden in property around New York, right? And so he used a seer stone which was actually stolen from someone else's property (laughs) so he was he was in the act of money digging as a paid employee of someone else while digging they found this stone that he thought looked cool and he stole it (laughs) and that was the rock that he used to apparently translate the book of mormon so the very inspiration for the Book of Mormon started with uh, thievery. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so you could also use divining rods to find treasure. It was just, it was a common practice of the of the time. So mm-hmm. it's not so surprising that he was into it. But what was surprising to me was that I didn't, I knew nothing about this growing up as a member Mm-mm. of the church. I was never told about a seer stone. About the Urim and Thummim, about mm-hmm. divining rods, any of this, and so uh, growing up, you just think that it's Book of Mormon is this inspired document, and there's some folklore around it, finding gold plates that get translated, but it's seeing all, angels exactly, but it's all tied to like this good divine godly energy, and so mm-hmm. to find out later in life, like I was an adult when I learned more about Joseph Smith's background. Um, and his like run-ins with the law because of his practices. Uh, it was later in life that I found out that no, actually he was just really practiced. Joseph Smith was just really practiced at uh, making shit up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was pretty good at it and actually got paid to do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was his way of life. Yeah. And I think it was particularly that was like a common practice in that part of the country specifically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I learned about it on South Park Yeah, (laughs) as like a teenager. I remember being like, a stone in a hat. Hold on, let me hop on Google.
0: Yep. there you go. Turns out they were right. So the very like foundations of Mormonism are rooted in this kind of like occultism, folk magic movement. Mm Mm-hmm. Which makes it all the more interesting ha- that the church comes out so harshly against things like astrology yeah. or um, tarot reading mm-hmm. when it's like, look in the mirror, guys. Yeah. You well, love I read, this stuff.
1: I read that at one point they didn't. Like in Brigham Young's time, he had allowed a, a specific member of the church to sort of pursue astrology specifically. And then he later like backed backed off he asked Hmm. him to back off he was like no more of that like that's too powerful interesting that was the way it was worded
0: i mean one one article i was reading just today is was about the intersections of mormonism and spiritualism so spiritualism was another movement out of upstate new york started later than mormonism in like the 1850s and sort of took off from there Mm -hmm. and it's basically the practice of like having seances and there's like a specific method to it like a tapping method where these mediums would channel spirits and ask them questions and but there was some overlap with mormonism because they were also saying we can access spirits and um receive revelation which is mm-hmm. what mormons were saying too and <clears throat> so this article that was published in the journal of mormon history um, years ago was sort of tracing this overlap and so news articles coming out in salt lake in the late 1800s about spiritualism statements by early general authorities like parley p pratt who were like stay away mm. because um you know the this isn't stated in the article but there's this implication that it was sort of competitive with mormonism mm. Because if they can claim this kind of spiritual access that we're claiming as exclusive to us, like, we can't give it any credence. Yeah. But then there were, like, Mormons who apostatized and became spiritualists. Mm -hmm. So it got kind of muddy there for a while.
2: I was going to say it makes sense because if you have, if you start this church and you claim that you can receive revelation or tap into some kind of knowledge that others don't have, but other people around you are doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. then at some point you have to say, well, how can I claim that I'm right? And the mm-hmm. other people are wrong, because if we're all right, then I can't make money off of this. <laughs>
0: yes. Right. right. And that is like the exact question that's been plaguing me as I've been like thinking about this episode and reading things about it is like, what is, what is distinctive about Mormonism and the paranormal that makes it like good versus evil? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because Mormons like to claim that all, everything in the paranormal is evil except their specific brand of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the answer is the claim to the priesthood. Oh, mm. yeah. The church's claim to have the restored priesthood of God guiding these like visions and spiritual yeah. um, interactions. Mm-hmm. So if you believe in the priesthood, That's what makes the difference. But once you don't, you realize it's the same thing.
2: Right. It's also a really thin line between priesthood and priestcraft. (laughs) So it's kind of (laughs) a that
0: the church would insist that
2: hood is good and craft is bad.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Put that Um, on a (laughs) t-shirt.
0: Can I read actually just a small section from Mormon Doctrine? about please, lesions please so Mormon Doctrine was written by Bruce R. McConkie for those who don't know it's like a sort of like an encyclopedia of terms in Mormonism with these like definitive statements about how members of the church should view these concepts or practices it was controversial it was like initially published in the 1950s um by Bruce R. McConkie and there was some criticism from leaders of the church it was republished in a couple of I think in the 1970s or late 1960s, I can't remember, with a bunch of edits that were guided by leaders of the church. And then not long after its republication, Bruce R. was called to the Quorum of the Twelve, which seems like an endorsement of the Mm -hmm. text. It was also published by a Mormon-owned publisher. Mm. So it was in every Mormon household I knew growing up. Everybody used this book as like scripture as canon as encyclopedic. And now the church likes to back away from it cuz it says a lot of crazy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Including that the theory of evolution is inspired by evil spirits sent by the devil. Naturally. But that's the <laughs> <a> tangent. Really. <laughs> anyway, so this is a section on vision. He writes through supernatural means, by the power of the Holy Ghost, devout persons are permitted to have visions and to see within the veil. They are enabled to see spiritual personages and to view scenes hidden from ordinary sight. These visions are gifts of the spirit. If the Lord is giving visions and revelation to a people, such group constitutes the people of God. If visions and revelations are not being received by any church or people, then that group is not the Lord's people. By this test, the identity of the true church is known. By visions, the Lord reveals past, present, and future events. So not only are Mormons like, yeah, we believe in visions, but we better be having them. <laughs> better be having them and no one else can claim that they are having them. At least not by the power of the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah. Um, One of my favorite, favorite sections of the Doctrine and Covenants is section 129 where um, the Lord teaches Joseph Smith how to tell the difference between a good spirit and an evil spirit. And the way, do you know this, Katie? Do you remember this? Mm-mm it's um to be like can we shake hands please oh sure 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 and if it's an angel which is like a resurrected person right you will shake hands and feel feel it yeah um if it's n- if it's a good spirit who hasn't been resurrected yet so not an angel but a, a good spirit i think they won't shake your hand but they'll be like glowing and pure and good and you'll know that you can just like, of god you can just tell them mm-hmm. and if they're an evil spirit they'll shake your hand but you won't feel anything
1: <gasps> Oof. so it's like when you're you meet somebody and you go to shake their hand and they like give you one of these
0: yeah evil like spirit yeah. yeah evil spirit <laughs> like i need a tighter grip here evil spirit yeah yeah I remember like reading that as a kid and being like am I gonna have to be deciphering like demon spirits from righteous spirits with a handshake because I don't know about this I don't know
2: if I'm the one yeah uh, this reminds me just talking about evil spirits it reminds me of when I was <clears throat> 15 you'll know why that's embarrassing in a minute <laughs> when some friends and I Uh, after like a school dance I was sleeping over at a friend's house a few blocks away from home and they decided to put on the exorcist Mm -hmm. and as a 15 year old Mormon who was very devout honestly right around the same time I got my patriarchal blessing I was thinking like oh this is a bad thing to do so Mm -hmm. I'm just going to try to sleep during it I'm just going to pretend that I'm already asleep the thing is though I love movies and I watch them (laughs) and i don't fall asleep during them so everyone else fall asleep fell asleep in this dark basement and here i was hearing the sounds of the movie and occasionally looking up and catching glimpses of terrifying things yeah (laughs) and when the movie ended i woke my friends up and i said i'm out of here And I called my dad and he came to the house and walked me home. And I kid you not, I slept in my parents' bed off and on for like three months after that. (laughs) Because I believed it was real Mm -hmm. and could happen to anyone. And since I had watched the movie, that was practically me inviting a demon to possess me. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is... Under different circumstances with different parents, the response might have been, Amanda, this is a bunch of baloney. Don't worry about it. There's Mm -hmm. nothing to be afraid of. But my parents said, Amanda, you can come sleep in our bed as a teenager. We will protect you. If you feel an evil presence, then just know that you can always say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave me alone. (laughs)
0: No. Yep so they took it way too seriously wow yes um I did something bad (laughs) you poor That's reminding me of so many things amanda it's reminding me of at byu my roommate went to see the ring and got really freaked out and she'd gone with this guy and you know how in the ring you like get a phone call yeah 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 she got a phone call (gasps) And um, so she was freaking out. So she like called her home teachers to come give her a blessing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because she felt like e- an evil presence and they did. And we all sat there like that was a normal response to what had just happened. That is so silly. It yeah. also makes me think about the way the church way overreacted to things like Ouija boards. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which were created as toys. They were made and marketed as children's toys. Mm -hmm. But we were taught if you have a Ouija board even in the house, Mm -hmm. you are inviting the
1: devil in. Yes. I mean I'm gonna be honest, I wouldn't have a Ouija board in my house. Neither would I (laughs) sure you You can keep it at the toy store. Thank you. I don't want to Yeah I'm not interested. No 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 tarot cards are one thing okay (laughs) i have my crystals to protect me i can't protect myself against an evil spirit i was gonna say though um i have a funny memory of i want to say it was like my 12th birthday and um our mom caught me and a bunch of my friends playing stiff as a board light as a feather yeah Mm -hmm. oh my gosh if she didn't lose her mind it was so embarrassing and i was just sort of like i actually didn't even realize that there was any sort of Mm occult element going on at all i thought it was like a science (laughs) trick like Mm -hmm. which it obviously is like you just all you're picking up a person whatever (laughs) um but yeah i learned real quick that that i I was uh, performing
0: witchcraft so that's because in mormon doctrine. He talks about how chanting group chanting Ooh. is like a way of inviting the devil in mm-hmm. now i have a problem
2: with that <laughs> because Please. there are contexts in which group chanting is a good practice something that mormons do i'm thinking of like the greeting when a prophet like enters or leaves a building or when there's like a temple dedication and you call it's called the Hosanna shout Mm -hmm. right where you like hold a white handkerchief and you wave it in a certain way and say right yeah um and so group chanting if it's evil then why are we
0: doing it amanda i don't know if you understand but the rules are different (laughs) they don't apply because they have the priesthood they can do all kinds of occult shit and it's not dark yeah yeah
1: i feel like there's plenty of occult shit within mormonism it's just a part of the you know it's all part of the the plan it's all routine it's all it's Mm -hmm. written somebody wrote it down and they were Mm -hmm. like that's good yeah you can do that but not any of this so no no chanting at football games i was gonna say i like a good chant love a good chant it just makes people feel too powerful they don't want people feeling powerful
2: you know that study from, I don't know, when a couple of years ago, or it was popularized a couple of years ago, talking about how when a choir sings in unison, their hearts sync up, like their heartbeats sync up. Mm. And I feel like that may, may be true of chanting. Maybe not. Mm, but there is like a power in doing something in unison with
0: other people. For sure.
2: So,
0: I don't know. I think there might be a little something to that. Chanting is a part of yoga it's a part of meditation a lot of the church's criticisms of things like divination astrology the occult are really rooted in like this like western judeo-christian exceptionalism because Mm -hmm. like astrology for instance has been a part of like ancient cultures from before christianity even existed yeah Like, these are not new things that are completely meaningless to the whole world. And so there is this sense that, like, all these people for generations of time have been completely wrong and misled by the devil, but we are right.
2: And in fact, not only are you all wrong and we're right, but we're going to appropriate what you did Mm -hmm. and claim that our version is different and better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, it's going to be the dry toast whitewashed version, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
0: yeah. I want to dig into one other aspect of like Mormon doctrine that I think is key here. And that's the idea that um the spirit world is where we go after we die. Mm-hmm. And there have been um church leaders who have taught that the spirit world is on earth. It's like among us. Mm -hmm. and there's just a veil over our mortal eyes keeping us from seeing all the spirits around us and um some of those spirits are good so like as a kid I used to think that our like dead relatives were like watching me all the time Mm
1: -hmm. which was
0: gave me a bit of a complex I'm not gonna (laughs) lie um but some of those spirits are bad so another thing that the church teaches is that two thirds of the host of heaven in the pre-existence before um, uh, the earth, as we know, it began two thirds of the host of heaven. Is it two thirds or one third rejected God's plan? One third rejected it, rejected Jesus Christ coming to the earth and being the savior and sided with Satan, sided with the devil. And so, that host of spirits will never be born onto the earth will never receive bodies they'll just be like evil demonic spirits forever and the earth is just flooded with them because you think think of everybody who has ever lived in the whole history of the earth a third of that number are just roaming around trying to deceive you harm you trick you
2: yeah possess you
0: possess you
2: yep Mm. get a little taste of what it's like to have a mortal body
0: that's interesting sets you up to anticipate number one positive visions because like the spirits are all around you number two to expect some dark shit yeah it's interesting because that's just
1: not what life feels like you know (laughs) i just don't really feel like encumbered by any evil spirits Mm -hmm. i feel uh like choices are pretty easily made like life is good don't feel like I have a lot of um, tests being thrown my
0: way. But did you ever feel like you were worse?
1: I felt that way, but that was made up. Mm -hmm. So this
0: is where, this is the portion of the episode where I want us to tell our ghost stories or family lore about ghosts.
2: I just recently heard a story from a woman in my family uh, who she told me about a time when she was a teenager and it was a little bit past bedtime This is in beautiful California. And so she decides to go for a walk. She's going to go visit a really good guy friend of hers who lives just like a block away. So she leaves the house, walks over to her friend's house. And at some point, she starts feeling like a darkness engulfing her completely to the point where she fell to her knees, fell to the ground and did not feel like she could get back up. And mm-hmm. in retrospect, she thought maybe she she told me, maybe it was like a there was a medical thing wrong with me. The only thing is what actually ended up happening was that she blacked out. She didn't realize that she had blacked out in the middle of a street in the evening in her neighborhood. She never made it to her friend's house. And in fact, her sister came looking for her. By the time this person woke up, and started walking back home, and her sister came out, she said that several hours had passed. Whoa. So what could be a simple, weird story about a teenager having some kind of episode, blacking out, fainting, right, becomes this memory that convinces this woman in my family that there are evil spirits around her all the time and she has mm. to be careful and actually needs to prepare for other encounters by getting closer to the good spirits mm. and started talking to a friend at school about this guy joseph smith that her friend had been telling her about wow that's what led her Whoa. to
1: the mormon church Wow, mm. that's interesting yeah. it sounds more like an alien abduction to me I think
2: it. I think I would agree.
1: You know, it does. Yeah. You you black out. You come back a few hours later. Mm -hmm. What happened in between? Mm -hmm. I would immediately go alien abduction. Yeah, but that's just wishful thinking for me. Yeah. (laughs) Um. I. Well. I. The house I'm in currently, I think, is a a teensy weensy bit haunted, but not in any interesting way. Yeah. I. You know, there's a presence. There's like a little bit of touching, unfortunately oh um, usually in the bathroom oh. wait what yeah we don't really it's really it's not that interesting it's, it's a only little it's pervy very, ghost it's not even necessarily pervy but just like tugging it could be like a child it could be nothing um but yeah some tugging some touching some breathing yeah Whoa. Um, and I've never experienced that before only in this house um but one other experience I had growing up at our grandparents house myself and my little cousin were going to sleep in the bedroom now this house very freaky a number of people have died in it i'm sure you know it's a presence in itself (laughs) the furniture is all haunted it's like that (laughs) kind of the carpet is haunted you know elisa knows um And so we were trying to go to sleep. We were kind of talking and we just, you know, get this. We're just both overcome with fear all of a sudden. I don't know if there was a noise. I don't know if we saw something. We were so frightened. Now, mind you, this is probably like nine o'clock at night. All the adults are directly upstairs in the kitchen, sitting around the table, quietly chit-chatting. It's not like the middle of the night or anything. And she and I are screaming. We're screaming, Whoa. screaming, screaming, Mom. And my cousin screaming, Aunt Deanne, Aunt Deanne. And uh, nothing, nobody ever came. And we just screamed until we couldn't scream anymore. And the next day, I remember asking, Why didn't anybody come? And they said, We didn't hear anything. What? Mm-hmm.
0: What? Not bizarre. Yep. That's a good yeah. one. <clears throat> <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> yep. When I was a missionary, I lived in this old house i'm I'm trying not to editorialize it too much. I several times I woke up in the night with this feeling of fear gripping my heart, and I saw a man standing over my bed, looking menacingly at me, mm-hmm. and I would pray like Heavenly Father help me to go to sleep, like please protect me from this evil and i would fall back asleep
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and i'm i it got to the point that i told my mission president about it oh because it was happening that frequently Mm -hmm. and kind of similar to what you were saying amanda about how your parents could have dispelled your fear Mm -hmm. but instead they fed it Mm -hmm. he really fed it Oh, no. And he was just like you've never been more vulnerable to evil spirits than you are right now trying to do the Lord's work. Satan will do anything he can to stop you. And he was just like if this happens again, wake up your companion, turn the lights on, sing hymns, pray. Don't ignore oh, shit. It.
1: <laughs> You're going to have to fight the demon. That's crazy. Well, if we're talking about sleep paralysis demons, I have those every night. (laughs) Actually, last night I had one that was, um, I kept waking up. I have this thing, Amanda, where I like have sort of like hallucinations as I'm falling asleep. It happens like every night of my life. Oh, wow. And so last night it was, there was like a little boy breaking into the house i at first i kept i woke up thinking somebody was breaking in the house so i like see the window open see a figure coming through the window and i'm always quickly able to like shake myself out of it it's fine i go back to sleep and then i wake up and there's a small little boy on my bookshelf like crouched looking at me yeah so that was last that was just one night out of every (laughs) night of my life listen i could do a whole episode on those (laughs) if anybody's interested
2: (laughs) i find myself curious so as a mormon it we're predisposed to believe these things to look for signs not identifying as like a active member of the church anymore do you feel like you've been able to like reflect on past experiences dismiss them make sense of them right do you uh do you sort of no longer believe in good or evil spirits or ghosts or anything paranormal? Because personally, I find that I believe just as much in the paranormal.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I actually believe quite a bit in the paranormal, but in a different way. And I think I rationalize a lot more. Like, for example, the fact that I have like, what is similar to sleep paralysis, I, I understand that it's like a symptom of anxiety and not mm-hmm. okay. me being haunted i'm not like super frightened by it it's just like i have a weird brain you know yeah. okay. and that's how i look at most things but there are some things like sometimes you know when it's like the 15th time i'm getting like brushed up against by a ghost in my house I'm like there might be a ghost in here man like I don't know
2: I feel like you really blew past that story Katie you really (laughs) said it's not interesting this house might be a teensy bit haunted and we're hearing about touching and pulling and breathing from what could be a child in your home (laughs) maybe it's because I live with it every day I would be (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if i were still mormon i would be telling you to get your home teachers over there get your bishop over there and bless that
0: home i know it's true when i think which about is some a of thing mormons steps... do by the way they yeah. dedicate their homes to protect them from evil spirits another way we're set up to be worried about our houses getting haunted yeah
1: and i'm gonna be real i did that when we moved into this house not like a mormon thing but i yeah. did do like I made like black salt and like I named my house a name that only I know and like did some mm. things that I think like Ooh. in my own practice protect yes. me from things such mm. as me clutching my my black crystal as we've
0: been yeah. recording this episode. Yeah. Um in answer to your question Amanda on my mission, I was under such distress like I was feeling so much pressure I was cut off from my friends my family my life yeah I was living with a stranger I was walking the streets talking to strangers day in and day out it was like this brutally miserable experience and being told Satan wants to get you so I think I was having anxiety driven delusions honestly do I think there is like there are spirits I don't know I think there are energies mm. do I think um that there are like evil spirits out to get me no yeah I don't mm-hmm.
1: I'd agree with that I don't yeah make that sense I don't yeah. think there are evil spirits I think that people have a lot of power hmm that's kind of where I come from and like I feel like day to day sometimes like I feel like I wish I had protection from what the energy of this person I'm with Mm. so when I do things to protect myself it's more in that way you know yeah it's more. I I think
0: people are powerful I think people have strong intuition maybe even stronger than they realize Mm -hmm. um one thing that Tina that's the name of the psychic by the way (laughs) said to Katie and I when we saw her most recently was um that, like, all every idea, every thought, every truth, every reality already exists. And they're kind of, like, in the air. Mm-hmm. And some people are good at hearing them or catching them or capturing them. And I thought that was so interesting because it made me think of yeah. this, like, essay I read by Wal- Ralph Waldo Emerson in college called The Poet. Where he talks about how all poetry has already been written. Mm. And the poets are the ones who hear it and can write and can capture it write it down and so i don't think th- that's clearly not a new idea though it is interesting that emerson existed in this age of transcendentalism spiritualism right. too but i do think there's a sense of like truth it has is tangible truth is a real thing and it's around mm-hmm. And you can kind of pick up on it.
2: One thing that Tina has said, um, I think multiple times, as I've had readings myself or attended those of others, and even when she was talking about the owl that we saw that day, she's not surprised by signs, but she also kind of gave us permission to see what we wanted in the sign. Mm -hmm. So she said, you know, things happen and you can decide whether to give it meaning or not and that in and of itself is sort of lovely like if you give it meaning and it leads you to action it leads you to a like more peaceful place or something then wonderful and Mm -hmm. if you decide that that's not a sign or not even an an event that you want to recognize as a sign then you'll just go on about your life Mm -hmm. and that's okay too
0: and that event has meaning because we decided it had meaning we both were like whoa that felt significant let's do something about it mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. and
0: we did mm-hmm. and what the thing that we did brought us closer together it yeah. like helped us think in new and more expansive ways like yeah that was a significant moment because we decided
1: without that moment we might not have reached the point where we started a podcast made a podcast definitely wouldn't be sitting here
0: not this episode mm-hmm <laughs> Um, however, can I redo the Mormon doctrine entry on evil spirits? Oh, even though we were all evolved past this, I still want us to hear what the church has to say about it. I will add, I looked for, um, more information about like the church's stance on the occult and psychics and tarot and stuff through the church website. Every link I found was a dead link. And it just made me feel like the church seems to be kind of tempering some of their stances on things, kind of washing over mm-hmm. some of their hard stances from the past.
1: It feels like we're entering a new age of the church. Yeah. Like, they're, it's kind of turning over a new leaf in a weird way.
0: It really does. But back in the day, they had some opinions. Mm-hmm. And here is one of them. Okay. <laughs> um <clears throat> lucifer is not alone one third of the spirit hosts of heaven having been cast out with him stand at his side to do his bidding their mission is to make war with the saints and destroy the souls of all men obviously there are many evil spirits available to seduce and lead astray each person on earth acting in conformity with laws which exist evil spirits have power to tempt men He mentions multiple times that there are laws governing evil spirits, but he doesn't say what those laws are. I gotta know. And again, I think this is one of those ways that the church is like, see, we're not like these people over here who are claiming the paranormal and the occult. We have these laws of God Mm. governing the evil spirits we believe in. Evil spirits control most of the so-called religious worship in the world. For instance. Yeesh. For instance, the great creeds of Christendom were literally dictated by evil spirits to councils convened at their call. Woo! Oh, (laughs) buddy. Okay. Snap. They have played a substantial part in the formulation of the philosophies of the world. So-called scientific theories, particularly in the field of organic evolution, have been influenced by them. Uh, that's that's great in case you were wondering if you are not a mormon or you believe in science (laughs) your beliefs are dictated by evil spirits congrats
1: that's magnificent
0: And on that
2: note, (laughs) I mean, geez, Louise, (laughs) geez, Louise is right.
1: Yeah, Yeah, man. Another episode too. I'm just looking under evil spirits. See demons, devils, damnation, evil, evil one, exorcism, ghosts, magic, necromancy, sin, sorcery, (laughs) spiritualism, temptation, witchcraft. I want an episode on each of those. (laughs) I second Um, that.
0: We'll have to unpack there. Katie, do you want to take us out with another card?
1: let's do it oh i'm so excited can i do a little let's do a little sound cleansing i don't know if you guys will be able to hear this but
0: oh heard it felt it Mm -hmm.
1: you gotta you gotta cleanse the cards otherwise who knows what kind of evil spirits could be bebopping their way in (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh interesting i don't know i don't know what i'm saying um three of swords moving beyond sorrow understanding one's own feelings
0: Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, what a theme a- between yeah. the cards. So I hope that this
1: has been healing for all of you.
0: I hope so too. Everybody, feel your feelings. Don't yeah. mistake them for demons. It's just you. It's just you. You're <laughs> the demon. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> Amanda, it's been a pleasure to have you join us. Thank you so much. I've enjoyed. Um. It. Good uh followers uh listeners friends please Mm -hmm. follow us everywhere at please bless pod we're on youtube tiktok twitter instagram please email us at please bless pod at gmail.com Yes, send us your ghost stories send us your ghost stories please Yes. yes yes um one other thing uh So many of you are listening and commenting on TikTok and sending us DMs, and that's so wonderful. If you can follow us on the platforms where you're listening to the podcast, so not just downloading and streaming the episodes, but actually following, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. If you can write a review, that's amazing. Yeah. All of
1: it helps. I will virtually kiss you on the mouth if you write us a review, a good review. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. You got it. It's the He's least I generous. could do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait,
2: did a little boy just tug on your shirt? <laughs> stop! Cut!
0: <laughs> That's it.
1: Please, bless Amanda. Please bless
0: Bruce R. mcconkey Ooh, <laughs> he needs it. He needs it. <laughs> He's got some troubled ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and please, most of all, bless this podcast. Amen. Amen.